what I'm focused on is what can you do to give back to those people? Because if you do that, you're going to have a whole army of incredibly influential people who just want to see you succeed. We're back with Case of the Queendom, James Whitaker, who is our guest for today. I think everyone should have a podcast is because and it gives you a lot of research that you do beforehand on that person. So you get very smart through the pre-work that you do, and then you maintain that relationship with them afterwards, which can lead to infinite amount of opportunities over the long game. If you were to give that one key to the listeners, what would that key be? Can I give you two? Fine. (laughs) Uh, The first one would be eat. Welcome to the queendom. Hey guys, we're back with Keys to the Queendom. I was just saying to James Whitaker, who is our guest for today, he's standing right now and we were just talking how it'd be really good to have a standing desk just to get energy flowing. Um, Legend, you are, you've got the number one podcast for Win the Day, I'm assuming. You are a speaker, you are a king when it comes to showing people how to win the day. You're an author as well. Welcome to Keys to the Queendom, Legend. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Tam. Super excited to be here with you today. You know, I, um, I've been having a lot of conversations with my mum and she's, she's about to go through, I guess, retirement next year. And I feel like she feels she really wants to begin her life again. And she's turning 60. She's actually now just turned 66. And I think a lot of struggles she's been facing at the moment is, I guess, where to begin. Um, her relationship with herself has been quite, I guess, struggling and I'm, I'm wondering if this is something that's come up a lot in your vicinity in your world and the people that you coach every day when it comes to I guess beginning again and starting again yeah absolutely you know one of the there are sort of two of the biggest phases that we that we go through is around that sort of late 30s early 40s thing when you reach a point where a series of situations you have this convergence of these different things that can no longer be ignored that's the way that uh, dr jeff spencer talks about it it's phenomenal you have you might have kids, you might have uh, business dealings, you might have had a career before that. You've got all of these different things that you're trying to figure out at the same time. And then as you get a little bit older, you have that same type of thing. You have kids who can leave the home and they're out doing their own things and you realize that you've got a lot more time and you may potentially have a lot more time on this planet and you start to think about what is the value that I have and how do I want to spend my remaining days in terms of growing as much as I can and contributing to as many people as I can. So I think in those situations, it it all really comes back to awareness on what are the actions that you have taken that have taken that have got you to the point that you're in right now. And once you're free on that and have a bit of an idea of what trajectory you're on, that should either motivate you to keep going, or it should spook you a little bit more to say, you know what, I need to make some changes here, or I'm going to end up in a place I don't know if I necessarily want to be there. And that's when you can chart your course doing a whole bunch of different things from there. I have to ask, obviously, when the day was a huge motivation for yourself. So how did the concept, how did all of that begin for yourself? Well, it all, it all came from the book Think and Grow Rich for me. So I uh, I wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I made a movie about Think and Grow Rich, the, the first time anyone's ever made a movie about it. So that was really cool to, to be involved in that. And for those who don't know, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is the best-selling self-help book of all, of all time. It sold more than 120 million copies and is still selling very strongly today. And as I was reading that book over and over again, there was this one passage that kept standing out to 
to me. And that was that the poverty conscience will automatically overtake any mind that is not preoccupied with being success conscious. And I was like, wow, how do we, how do we condense that into almost a daily mantra that we can just repeat to ourselves every single day? And I took that phrase from Napoleon Hill and the way that I thought about that was that each day, if we do not make the decision to win, we have automatically made the decision to lose. And then it just came down to a simple um, phrase to me. It was just win the day. So that's now I've got win the day on my bracelet here. I've got win the day all around me. And it's the big thing that I'm focused on. Do you have a tattoo of it? Not yet. I don't have any tattoos. I think I'm the only person in Australia, maybe America as well, who doesn't have any tattoos at this stage. But hey, I just turned 40. I'm ready to go. If there's a, a tattooist listening to this, let's, let's get inked up. <laughs> I um my one of my signature tattoos is my life is my message and I I feel this is beautiful for me to ask you if that was for you to express what your message is about your life you know what would that be Oh, it's such a good question. You know, I think a really big thing that I've learned over the years is that we're always a work in progress. I look back at the person I was five years ago. I look at the person I was 10 years ago, very different people. Then you look back 15, 20 years ago, it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe the person that I'm in now as a result of the relationships that I've, that I've had, the books that I've read, the businesses I've started and sold, the situations that I've been in, all of these other projects. And often we, we have this negative self-talk that we've had for for a long, long time, and we haven't given ourselves credit for the growth that we've had, just as when we think about some of the people who we're not really that aligned with because of something that might have happened 10 or 20 years ago, all we're doing is undermining the fact that they may have had some similar growth in their life as well. So I think recognizing that we're all at work in progress and we just need to be kind and respectful of the journey that we're on. And speaking of progress, tell me how it was making the movie Think and Grow Rich. It's weird because I actually had that pop up on my phone a couple of days ago. It's almost like my mind. And I love Think and Grow Rich book. It's sitting over there right now. How do you make a movie from a book like that? What was the progress behind that? Such a big one. So the whole idea was that, first of all, you know, there's names like Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford. Um, people these days just don't identify as much with those names. We need we need uh, Think and Grow Rich principles in a modern context. So we've got people like Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. We've got people like Bob Proctor, who sadly passed away recently. We've got people like Rob Deerdeck, who has a TV show, Ridiculousness, and, and dozens of other TV shows. Uh, we've got so many amazing people like that. And we thought about how are they the personification of the Think and Grow Rich principles. And we also included dramatic reenactments of some of the more famous stories from Think and Grow Rich, like Three Feet from Gold. And that's the way that the book has been able to stay so relevant for people is because it gets results. All of the people that we featured in the movie and that I featured in the book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, all of those people had massive results as a result of reading Think and Grow Rich. But there's more and more, for every person that's had big results, there's millions of other people who have read the exact same book and never done anything with it. And that to me all comes back to that quote from Napoleon Hill, which is probably my favorite all-time quote, action is the real measure of intelligence. And when you get people who are in high school, they might not get a grade that they like compared to how well their mates are doing. But as you get older, you recognize that sometimes the people who have it too well or, or succeed too quickly in life realize that not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows for them for the rest of their lives. And they can put themselves in a very difficult situation, whereas some of the other people who face a lot of adversity in their early days or didn't do as well on things like standardized tests, but took the right 
action and equip themselves with the right skills and the right relationships, those are the people who are able to create massive wins over time. So to me, Think and Grow Rich is a real embodiment of everyone, regardless of background, being able to be a huge success on the condition that you believe that it's possible for you. Have you done, you know, at the beginning of the book, it has that, I think it's like a declaration, but you have to kind of say, uh, I guess, the, the, the commitment piece every single day. Have you done everything in that book? I've done everything in the book. There's there's a few things that I've sort of taken and discarded over the years. One that I revisit a lot is actually the Courage to Life essay by Napoleon Hill. That's a really interesting one um, to read. Whenever you find yourself in a tough situation, just go and look up Courage to Life essay by Napoleon Hill. It's just it's, it's got such a fascinating way of being able to uh, think about and reflect on the difficulties you're in when you have the wisdom of someone who's been able to experience all of those things firsthand. Um, James, I have to be honest, you know, I, I share a lot about this in my podcast, you know, and you spoke about adversity and, you know, having hardships, yet those people who then are able to turn it around by taking action, I feel like that was someone like myself for a very long time, you know, my default, my programming from being poor, homeless, you know, having all these hardships happen to being able to turn it around and obviously now just taking life every single day, as I said to you before, I feel like I'm stretching myself, I'm doing CEO moves. When it comes to anyone listening and your concept of win the day, how do you begin? How do you start with the concept but then the momentum to do it every single day? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I can tell by your energy from the moment that we got onto this call that you, you have that, you have that energy. You're such a, uh, you, you have that, you're the embodiment of that growth mindset and that high energy, which I think is really, really important. So I can, I can see it, which is really awesome. And that's why I'm so excited for our, our chat today. Uh, for me, it comes down to that commitment first thing in the morning. So the way that I like to think about that is what I call the acknowledgement phase. So when I wake up in the morning and to be very, very clear, there isn't a single day on 40 years on this earth when I've woken up and gone, yes, I'm so grateful to be alive. I hate it. All I want to do is go back to sleep. That's all I want to do. But I get up and then I acknowledge that the day is there to be won or lost and I make the decision to win that day. So that's step number one. The next bit from there is what I call the sacrifice phase. What am I going to do to prove that I've turned up for the day? So I've acknowledged and made this, the decision to win. Now I need to prove it. That for me is always the same thing. It's the cold shower in the morning. I've never once looked forward to it. It's no hot whatsoever. I step into that cold shower and it's horrible. But once you're out, it's an amazing feeling. So that already just gives you so much momentum. And then the next step from there is to give yourself a bit of space. So for me, I've, I always talk to my wife about this. She knows this is something that I do every single morning. And that can be difficult because we've got two young kids and often the house feels like it's on fire with all the, the craziness of, of what it's like having kids. But I have that 10 or 15 minutes to myself where I sit in the sunshine. I use an app called The Day One. It's a journal. And I look at what uh, I look at the journal entries from previous years, which is really interesting because I've done it uh, 700 consecutive days in a row now. So I can see what I was doing and where my energy was allocated this time one year ago. And I write things down in that, like what was unique about the last 24 hours? What are the three things that I'm going to do to win today? And they're not all related to business. They're not all related to health. They're not all related to family. It needs to be a comprehensive guide of what that looks like to you. And then once I've written down, what are the those three things that are going to make today a win. I feel gratitude. I literally write down what will you feel 
gratitude for. A lot of people think gratitude or they want to write gratitude. I'm focused on feeling gratitude. And I know that when I do the exhale and a smile comes to my face, that I've done it the right way. And then I write down what's a lesson that I have from the last 24 hours, if there is one. There is not always one, but that's that's my process. Uh, so the moment I can do those things, which also includes a coffee, by the way. I, I just love having that morning ritual of the coffee outside with some sunshine. I'm ready to get after it from there. And I find that most people, um, they're very reactive to the day. But can you see how, how intentional and aligned that entire process is? And then before my day ends, I've already got my plan of what's going to work well the next day. But I also keep what I call my success plan in a tab. I've got it in front of me right now. I have a tab always open uh, on my computer browser, which has my family purpose and it has my career purpose. And it has all of the things that I want to achieve in 90 days, one year, three years, why those things are important to me. And what that has done is created a filter for every single decision that I'm faced with in the day. So if someone says to me, would you like to come over to my house and drink 10 beers? Well, that is not an alignment with what I want to do because I have a lot of work commitments that I need to do because I'm trying to help people activate their winning life. And I know that if I did that, I would have a bad sleep and I would wake up irritable with my wife and children. And that does not align with my family purpose either. So the decision very quickly is no. And I find that most people don't have any method for creating a filter that can answer those decisions on autopilot. So I think that's where people should start. Oh my God, so much has come up. I want to first ask, what was the lesson you learned from yesterday uh, and is there a common lesson that you see sort of happening in your life or do they obviously seem to change, obviously, each and every day? Oh, the lesson I learned yesterday is when I texted a friend of mine, he's a very successful guy in private aviation. He was just checking in um, to see how I was doing, which was great. And, you know, you can, you can see in like the text thread what were the previous conversations that we had. And a year ago, he'd asked me the same thing. And I messaged him back and was like, oh, I put this video up on social media. It got like 300,000 views and is doing really well. And I could tell looking back at it, I, I was very proud of myself for, for that social media growth. And then what's funny is that one year later, I've had videos now that I've got, I think the, the most popular one I've done was 3.6 million views. I've had, a, you know, dozens that have got more than a million views. And it's not even a, it's not even a thing. Within one year, having that achievement of like 300,000 views to now a year later through focusing on action and implementing the right people and the right processes to be able to do all of those things, that the achievement of, of having um, all of those different social media views that is far more in contrast that doesn't really mean anything to me anymore. It's just a nice reflection of growth. But I think it's, in, which isn't to say that we shouldn't stop and smell the roses. I, I think that's, that's really important. But um, having an opportunity to reflect on how far you've come yeah. can give you a lot of confidence to get into it, to have that momentum that can carry you a lot further. Because I could have, he might text me again in one year's time and I could have videos with, with 20 million views. Like I, I just don't know, but I can see all of this, this whole ecosystem moving forward. So that's a big lesson for me is to focus on the seeds that you plant rather than the harvest you reap. It's, it's such an important thing. Everyone wants the, the accolades, but what are the seeds that you're planting now that are going to yeah. lead to big things over time? So you, you mentioned you have two children and I have a bit of a two-part question because I, I'm always intrigued to know, you know, what are the things you, you hear yourself saying that you can remember your mum or your dad saying to yourself and uh, any of those <laughs> key lessons coming up that you say to your children, you're like, oh my God, I sound like my father right now. I sound like my mother. 
The big one for me is when my mum used to say no balls in the house. So my rule is balls in the house, as many as possible. Throw them at me at all times. I want to have very good hand-eye coordination and I want to have active kids who enjoy being fit and and being healthy. So um, there was something – I interviewed a guy – called Dr. Mark Goulston, who's one of the world's leading psychiatrists, very big on mental health, probably the world's top communication expert. He's an amazing guy. He was an FBI negotiation trainer. He spent 26 years as a psychiatrist helping suicidal patients and never lost a single patient, uh, which, which I know there are sometimes situations outside of your control anyway. So he's an incredibly successful guy. And he talked about the importance of how well we're really listening to someone. And my daughter, I was making her, I think it was dinner, and she had asked me a question. And I gave a very matter-of-fact, almost like the, dis- the dismissive answer, like, like, yeah, darling, no worries. And then I thought, you know what? Put the knife down from what I was cutting. And I went down there, and I knelt down to her level, and I looked her straight in the eyes, and I was giving my attention in, in eye contact, in body language, in every possible way. And it almost jolted her. And this was only about six months ago. And that was a really big lesson for me that oftentimes we think we're listening, but when you get busy or you have multiple kids or you're an entrepreneur and have a lot of things going on with your business, we think we're listening, but we're probably not doing a very good job. So having something like a reset where we can really connect with those important people, and it's something that I've now continued to do. I listen really, really, really well, especially to my kids. And I've always had a good relationship with them. They're only they're only very young, but that's just made a huge difference and and it's just, I don't know, it's, um, it's a really big, important lesson and something that I think about every day. Hey guys, real quick. Have you ever been stressed out or stuck on a problem you just can't seem to figure out and then a friend or a mentor comes along with like a fresh perspective and shows you a solution that completely changes the game for you? I'm smiling right now as I say this because I know I've had a ton of these moments while building my businesses and remembering back to all the people I have been helped by, which gets me so excited. So I want to pass on the information here and give you guys a favor to build this Queendom community. You know, whatever platform you are listening on, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button and tune in every Wednesday because you just never know when you will hear that special something that completely changes the game for you. And when it happens, make sure you leave behind five stars so we know our efforts are making an impact. I love you guys. Let's get back into it. I joke with my partner all the time because um, he's turning 40 next year, by the way. I'm 33, (laughs) so I'm not quite ready for children yet. But we always say, you know, our kids are going to be, right, get up. We're going to go meal prep our, our food. We're going to go go for a walk nice and early because I used to be in the fitness space. So we have this joke that I will obviously support my children when it comes to routine and habits and discipline. But of course, at the same time, I want them to make decisions for themselves. You know, I joke around, you know, I want my, my son to play basketball. I want my daughter to be a gymnast or a dancer or a singer, an actor. I want her to be triple threat entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, I know it gets to be their decision and their path. When it comes to your children, I mean, you're getting up in the morning, you've got your cold showers. Are they doing any of those things that they see you do? Or are you giving them the opportunity for them to learn from from I guess life. Yeah, Sophie who's 4 years old, she's our oldest and our other son our, our our son Henry is 18 months old. Sophie, I haven't like forced her to have a cold shower, but when she was 1 year old, I had her in the ocean which is about 
15, 14 degrees Celsius over here. Like that's a that's a very cold ocean. I live I live in uh, in Los Angeles, and we would call it a dunking. And on the condition that these things are fun, then I love I absolutely love pushing them out of their comfort zone as much as possible. When I have her on the scooter, everyone else is always like, careful, 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 or don't do this, don't do that. I say to her now, remember, we have one rule as fast as possible. And it's just, it's so interesting to, like we were at a park the other day and um, some parent was saying to this other kid, like, uh, make sure you don't, uh, you know, you're really careful on the seesaw and don't stand on the seesaw. And then Sophie said to me, can I stand on the seesaw? I'm like, do what you want, like within within reason, because if you fall and if you fail, then you're going to be able to self-correct. I don't want to be there where she can only make good decisions and safe decisions in my presence. I want her to be able to build that momentum and push her comfort zone as far as she possibly can so she mm-hmm. can learn those lessons and self-regulate. So they're the things that I am that I'm very focused on. Uh, leading by example is, is such a big one. So, uh, any lessons that we have, uh, I want to make sure that I'm leading by example, but any, any lessons. So for example, we just taught her how to ride a bike. That's certainly been a, an interesting wow. thing with, with heightened emotions. And I don't know how to teach someone to ride a bike <laughs> because I haven't ridden a bike in about 15 years. So, but, uh, my entire lesson plan for that is focused on one thing, having fun. As long as we're having fun, then we can keep that lesson going for as long as we want. We have a little pep talk beforehand to say, look, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be really tough for both of us. Let's make sure we have fun. Let's, let's take a deep breath. So there are a few things that I'm, that I'm really focused on, making sure that she can get out of her comfort zone and self-regulate, making sure everything that we do is fun so we can enjoy that experience. Otherwise, she's just not going to enjoy those activities. And then also me leading by example in what we do. There's no point in me saying, hey, you need to eat healthy if she catches me eating Maccas three times a day. And having fun is a huge, huge thing that I find. Even myself, I'll be honest, James, you know, very laser focused in business right now and being an entrepreneur. And I know having fun is is only going to create, I guess, a completely different energy for my business and, and everything around me. How how do you find yourself following that as leading the example as well? Yeah, you know, um, to be totally transparent, having a 18-month-old and a four-year-old has meant that my personal joy has taken a massive backseat, especially in the last uh, in the last 18 months. So our daughter could always sleep really well. She has a phenomenal immune system. Then our baby boy came along. He was waking up four times a night yeah. for the first year of his life. He had a whole host of uh, of health problems. Nothing, nothing too serious. He had a lot of respiratory challenges, and um, he's a lot better now. But that like last year, last year almost broke us. Even when you go away and have a holiday, um, it's very, very difficult because you're out of your routine. As a parent, you don't have all the usual comforts that your that your kids have and that you're used to um, that are familiar to them. And you don't have the regular help. Like if you have a kid who can go to school or to daycare or you have a nanny, we're very grateful that we've got an amazing nanny, that the nanny culture is very big in, in the US. Yeah. Um, so it's very challenging to do that. We had a trip to Australia about a year and a half ago where we had to do, we were there for, I think it was three weeks and we had to do three separate trips to emergency just to, to be there with the kids. Like we had a lot of things going on. So the way that I'm getting back to that um, this year was to prioritize family holidays. That was the big one. So we've already gone to Hawaii and we brought help. We brought my wife's family along for that one. So we had a great trip to Hawaii. 
Then after that, we went to Fiji, which was amazing because the Fiji nanny culture. I didn't realize how big it was with Aussies. There's, it's everyone there was was Australian. There were Westpac banks and Aussie coffee everywhere, which was great. Um, and it was one nanny per child included in in the room at the place that we stayed. So the kids had more fun and more one on one time with someone who was able to be there for them and it was the first break that we properly had and um, we're also going to come back to Australia for for Christmas as well so it was really important for me this year to be able to prioritize that family time in a way that didn't stress us out so that's the way that I'm that I'm finding joy and for me personally it's just getting time to myself to go and do a workout and then just go and have like a nice healthy meal afterwards it just makes me feel um, makes me feel good and um, you know in LA where I live there's a lot of you know there's a lot of amazing people everywhere in the world but LA has a knack of attracting interesting people who are there to follow your dreams so i do everything i can to get out of my comfort zone to go and just hang out with with inspiring people because that's what brings me a lot of joy and yeah you moved to LA to obviously put yourself in in an uncomfortable position and what is i guess the biggest thing right now that you're truly focusing on with your business goals uh, obviously we're always diving into discomfort. That's sort of, I guess, the theme as an entrepreneur, the uncertainty, the unknown. Um, what's been the thing for you this year? Podcast has been the big one for me. So I was thinking about it when I was doing my goals for this year and I thought about what about the goal of getting 1 billion social media views? I was like, how yeah. difficult would that be? Because I thought, well, if I need to change the world, I need to be able to reach as many people as possible. And by me changing the world, what I call is activating their winning life. So how do we get as many people as possible to adopt the win the day mentality? I used to have a goal of helping 1 billion people do that, but I realized that was too static. I needed something that was more fluid, something that would almost never be achieved. So that's why I thought, you know what? So I wrote down the goal of 1 billion social media views, and then I put it in a time constraint, and I put it in for three years, like as a three-year goal. Uh, I did that at the start of the year, and I think we're on track to hit that probably within maybe two years. So that's really interesting. So I think we'll be able to hit that ahead of time. So um, like you would know with your podcast, for anyone out there, they're after an ROI in their podcast by thinking about monetary income very, very quickly. What I'm focused on is how profitable can your life be and how valuable can your life be through the relationships that you're able to build by turning yourself into someone who's very valuable and having an audience uh, means that you have a lot of value that you can start to offer other people who want to be able to access that platform. And what can you do to give back to those people? Because if you do that, you're going to have an, a whole army of incredibly influential people who just want to see you succeed. So I focus very strongly on the relationships on my podcast. It's why I think everyone should have a podcast is because if for no other reason, it gives you um, a lot of research that you do beforehand on that person. So you get very smart through the pre-work that you do. Uh, you are obviously present for the conversation that you're having with them. So you learn even more and you can ask whatever question you want. And then you maintain that relationship with them afterwards, which can lead to infinite amount of opportunities over the long game, not to mention you're building an entire content machine to be able to be as visible that you want on uh, on social media to, to um, really be able to help people who, who need that help and be able to find them as well. So that's the stuff that I'm really focused on at the moment. Honestly, that means the world to me because I'll be honest, I, I went through a phase where I was just focused on the revenue goal and I think what that brought a lot of 
and I say this on my podcast all the time, it, it brought a lot of self-sabotage at the end. And I think it was just because I was led by money. I was led by just that one thing. And now, you know, really focusing on the relationship with myself, my happiness, love, my true values. <clears throat> and I even talk about when it comes to selling, it's not about being direct when it comes to selling. It's about giving value and building relationships and connection. Now, for yourself, when it comes to relationships right now, what are the quality kind of relationships you're having within yourself and with others around you? And for those listening, what advice would you give to those right now who are currently struggling when it comes to relationship in general, relationship with themselves, relationship with others, with their teams? What would you be giving advice on that? Yeah, I would be looking at just the basics. A lot of people probably want to go super complicated on that answer. I'd just say, what are you doing in terms of sleep? Like how well are you prioritizing sleep? We spend one third of our lives asleep. How consistent are you with the sleep that you're getting? How quickly are you turning off your screens before you go to bed? Um, when you wake up, what are you doing? Are you sitting on your phone for an hour and exposing yourself to, to bad news and notifications and emails? Um, so I'd be doing things like that. I'd be focusing more on, on clean eating. I'd be focusing very much on what you can do to get moving. And I would be focusing on getting around the smartest, most successful and most inspiring people I could find and just being around them. I mean, there have been times in my life where I've paid substantial amounts of money just to be able to connect with someone that's led to a phenomenal uh, friendship. And I have, uh, you know, clients and things all over the world. And there are so many times when I just say to them, you just need to be in the right room yeah. at the right time and the right conversation can change absolutely everything for you. Because we're not trying to get from zero to 100. We're trying to get from zero to one. And that's going to give us the, the momentum. But oftentimes people have that negative talk and that self-sabotage that they end up in the, in the negatives. But when you're around the right people, you're going to start to adopt those tendencies a lot more. If you're around successful, healthy people, you're going to start to absorb and demonstrate some of those tendencies yourself. If you're around narcissistic people who are only driven by ego and material possessions, then they're the things that you're going to start to lean into. So um, there are a few of the things that I would, I would focus on. And, um, you know, reading books, a lot of people I've interviewed found their mentors in the written word. So I think that's another one that can really help people. And who are you actually around right now, like in your vicinity of the greats and successful people? that you'd like to share? Oh, some really good ones. So the other day I was, I interviewed a guy called Nick Sonnenberg, who's a productivity uh, expert. So he works with like Facebook and Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins just gave him uh, a testimonial for on the front cover of his new book, which is awesome. So wow. Nick was great. Uh, Rob Angel, the founder of Pictionary. He's an amazing guy. Um, Shaheen Cheyenne, who had more than $1 billion in sales by the time he was 20. Um, Michael Bruce, who's the world's leading sleep doctor. Um, who else? I've got so many just really, you know, Dr. Jeff Spencer, who's a coach for like everyone from Tiger Woods and Maria Sharapova to the band U2. Um, all of these, all of these people. Um, but most people aren't very good at keeping in touch with these people and they're not good at asking for help. Now, Tam, you want to help as many people as you can. I want to help as many people as I can. But if we don't know what you want and how we can help, then we're not going to be able to help. So you've got to stay in contact with, with people. Um, Gabby Reese, who has led Superfurb with her partner, Led Hamilton, um, she sent me an audio message the other day just to say thank you for always keeping in touch and recommending people who could be good fit as a podcast guest. So having someone like Gabby 
who I could call at any moment notice and feel comfortable asking for an introduction to someone, I, which I did the other day. I asked her for an introduction to um, Neil Strauss, who's a relationships e expert who wrote books like The Game and, and all that. I thought that'd be a really cool interview. And Neil's assistant wrote back and said, Neil's not doing podcast interviews right now, but he loves your profile and everything that you're doing and would love to invite you to a dinner party that he's hosting. Let me know if you can make it. So that's the type of thing uh, where if you play the long game with all of this stuff, mm. it's just fun. So in my in my podcast now, in terms of the guests that I'm looking at, I'm actually feeling I've got a whole like board of, of the people that I want to target. Um, I have people in there who are just heroes of mine that I would love to just, you know, just to meet that I just feel comfortable reaching out now because of the network that I've been able to build up yeah. and now having a, a platform that is appealing to them rather than a burden. Um, that's just a cool position to be in. But none of that would have happened if I hadn't started and been consistent with these things for a number of years. The network thing, I I truly feel has been a strength of mine and I always tell to, I always speak to my clients about this when it comes to, you know, putting yourself out there. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be this like out there quirky and I'm quirky and weird person, but it's just getting in the room, you know, asking because you never know what, what the person will say on the other end. And that's a strength of mine. But what are the strengths that you have seen in yourself that has led you to connect the dots to where you are now? Uh, genuine curiosity. That's a big one. Wherever I am, I really, I just love having a good, deep and meaningful conversation. I want to know what drives you. I want to know where you want to go. I want to know what pisses you off. And so now I have this just stored in memory. I, I know what all of these people that I've interviewed and the conversations that I've had, I know what they want. So subconsciously, I'm all, already trying to connect the patterns in terms of how I can help that happen for people. And it's a really awesome uh, position to be in. So some of those strengths as well would be just turning up. Like I just, I don't, uh, in, in terms of the relationship with fear, like I often talk about the gap, um, the gap being the performance that you're delivering today versus the performance that you could be delivering based on your potential. What do we do to close that gap? And so mm. much of that comes down to your relationship with fear. So a few months ago, uh, a buddy of mine who's an amazingly successful drummer, um, the music that he's been that he's played the drums for has sold more than 300 million units. He's been involved in bands like Smashy Pumpkins, the Goo Goo Dolls, John Mellencamp, and um, he was hosting a wine launch. And he said, come along. And, uh, you know, I had sick kids. It was a Sunday night. My wife was stressed. I was tired. I had every reason not to go. But I went along by myself in LA. It's a super awkward thing just to walk into a room like that. I didn't talk to many people, but I followed the Tim Ferriss rule of networking, which is go narrow, but go deep. Whereas most people go to an event. They want to try and get to know everyone and flick around their business cards like ninja stars. But I'm focused on a real relationship with just two or three people and having a good conversation with those people. One of those people was Tyler Bates, who's one of the top composers in the world. So he did the music for um, films like all the John Wick movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, 300, um, and I think more than 40 movies at, at this point, as well as TV shows like Californication. Um, he's an amazing guy, super well-connected in the entertainment world, and he came on my podcast a little while later and he's already hitting me up about other, you know, interesting directors and things like that who could be a, a good fit. So um, I think genuine curiosity and having a good relationship with fear, and then I recognize that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, 
So I have no qualms about rocking up to a room because I, what I fear is not being embarrassed in that room in, in the present, even though that never happens. Mm. I fear being one of those people who sits in a room bitching about other people who are getting out of their comfort zone and, and doing those big things. Wow. And, and embracing fear has been such a big thing for so many people in, in the world of building a business, in the entrepreneur space. Have you been able to embrace anything new from a fear perspective that you're working on at the moment? Yeah. So I, um, it's interesting from a fear perspective, I've interviewed so many like, um, Navy SEALs, um, people from like SEAL team six, the British SAS, so many of like these really elite special forces, which to me is, is the ultimate. I mean, we all train, you know, everyone trains for business and for life and these different things, but if you're training and how you turn up for work that day is the difference between your best friends getting killed in front of you and, and you having to report that news to their families and you potentially getting killed yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other, the stakes are very, very different in that situation. So that's why I love talking about special forces people um, to find out what that mentality is that they have. And it was so interesting to chat to some of the people that I have, um, that I had spoken to. And the Navy SEALs, of course, are very good at scuba diving. And I've, I've done scuba diving probably 10 times in my life. Life. But the last time I did it was about eight years ago. It was at Stradbroke Island, actually, off uh, off Brisbane. And I was just feeling flat that, that day, was very, very tired, and there were very strong currents. And because I hadn't um, gone diving for a little while before that, I really underestimated what I didn't know that I, I hadn't brushed up on my skills in, in preparing for that opportunity. And I had this coughing fit underwater, and I appeared right at the surface very, very quickly, and it was terrifying in that uh in that moment and it really rattled me and i've done things like swim with sharks in south africa and hawaii and the galapagos islands i've I've done skydiving i've done all of these other things that people associate with traditional fear but the skydiving is one of those ones that i needed to go and conquer and when we were in fiji um earlier in the year that was one of those ones it was such a such a basic thing, you know, like putting your scuba gear on and um, getting 12 meters underwater. But that to me, which I did and was totally fine and really loved it, even though I was a little hesitant at the start. But that to me was just a big, it, it was a long time since I've had a, an obvious fear that I've needed to overcome for my own growth. So that was a, that was a nice win for me. I'm just going to close my curtain because I'm like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. You know, the Very afternoon sun usually... Uh, Usually hits me through my um, through the the windows that I have here as well, so I totally get it. <laughs> That's a bit better. I normally don't do podcasts at eight AM, so I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting you talk about scuba diving. My partner's obsessed with it, and I overcame that fear of mine myself. Except, you know, you 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 know how you have to do the the learnings and the introductions and the tests. So mm. I had my partner do all that for me because I was like, oh, I'm I'm fine. I know how to. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> And I'm telling you now, I actually picked the worst day to go scuba diving in Cairns. Currents were crazy. And I think I used this analogy because it was really beautiful. There was a moment where the instructor had said to me, he goes, the matter, the minute you see is it does everything, nothing matters. And I'm like holding on to like <laughs> the boat. And then we obviously start to go down. And it's so true because it, the minute you kind of, I guess, get out of your mind mm. and you just... I guess it's it's the opposite of breathing you know you're you're allowing you're going up you're going like complete opposite of like relying on everything around you and it was such a life lesson for myself because I think people really truly know that the minute you can just let go of all those 
things that are happening in your head and you just sort of just allow and trust and surrender, that diving experience for me was just out of this world. And it's funny you talk about Fiji because my partner and I are meant to be going to Fiji to do diving with the sharks, which is another level of fear that I've got. Amazing. So good. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the diving one's such an interesting one and, and a lot of these things that feel very, very uncomfortable, we just haven't put the time in. Like this, yeah. one of the Navy SEALs I interviewed said that he can actually fall asleep underwater while scuba diving. Like that's so yeah. cool, yet there are other people who – you know, you can you can literally die underwater if you don't know what you're doing. So when we plot, when we start playing out those what if scenarios, and we're in a situation that we can't escape from, or you know, I've got a long history of of anxiety, which you know, I've, it's been a long time that I've been able to um, have overcome that. But I feel like when you uh, struggle with a debilitating anxiety battle, those feelings never go away a hundred percent. So you can sort of feel them start to ramp up in, in different times. And and those scenarios when you're reacting and focused on like what if or how can I escape and, and all of that, where instead you should be focusing, what is the preparation that I can do beforehand that's going to enable me to perform on the day? So for two hours before I did the scuba diving thing, like the night before, I was lying in bed, my wife was asleep next to me, and I was on my phone looking at all the Patty uh, instruction manuals. I'm like upskilling, I'm doing all the theory as much as I, as much as I could because the champion's golden rule is first you prepare and then you perform. Most people just set foot in the arena and they haven't done the preparation to do it. And how do you navigate life being the arena? I think um, it was Brene Brown who talks about the arena of life and, you know, every day we're faced with obstacles, challenges, showing up and, you know, for me I've always believed that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's, happening behind the scenes, it's so important to show up um, and how how do you, you know, navigate the arena of life and show up when times are tough. Queen, how often have you said, I spent my whole life studying, I've been to school my whole life and I've actually learned nothing that teaches me the tools and strategies to build a successful business in the outside world. You've probably spent thousands of dollars on courses or you've heard fake news from business gurus or you've gone to business school. Well, I'm here to give this incredible news to everyone here right now that this is Queen Stream University. Get out of debt and actually start making money in the online space, knowing and having the foundations to build a successful business. Now I'm talking because I have gone through the trenches. I have been a fitness coach, built my online business as a pro athlete, and now I am a business coach. You'll go from having absolutely no idea what your business is through in the eight weeks, learn the foundations of knowing what your purpose is, your vision and mission, and also understanding your business values with the execution to know what that business is. You'll also learn branding, social media, content strategy, marketing, and more importantly, how to sell. With Queenstream University, it'll cut out the bullshit and remove all the fluff and get you working specifically on your business so you can execute this in eight weeks to get ready to launch. Why I've created this Queenstream University I wanted you to have something where you get to access something straight away, where you get to fast track your growth, as well as remove any doubt, any overwhelming sensation or stress, or the question that everyone seems to ask, where do I begin? With Queenstream University, you'll be able to build wealth, freedom, and at the end of the day, be an entrepreneur and be able to say, I have finally built my own thing. 
my own business and I've stopped making money for someone else and I'm now making money for my own empire. Queen Stream University. Yeah, you know, in, in my experience, you can just have these days where you wake up and you just don't have it. And that's a question that I get a lot is like, what do you like? Do you ever lose the day? I focus on winning the day all the time. Do you ever lose the day? And I interviewed Alethea Boone, who's like a six time CrossFit Games athlete, very good friend of mine. She's amazing. Shout out Alethea. Uh, she just had a, just had a kid as well. And um, she said that you don't need to set a world record every day. You just need to give the best you've got on that day. That was a really interesting lesson for me, uh, as well as recognizing that often our depression and the negative feelings that we associate is because we've either attached to a negative thought that isn't real, or we're trying to resist a natural feeling that we're having. So instead of getting frustrated and annoyed with yourself for being in a depressive state, Instead, just taking a step back, bird's eye view, and noticing, oh, wow, I seem to not be feeling great here. What can I learn from this opportunity or how should I manage it rather than being like, oh, my God, I'm so annoyed that I'm not feeling great and allowing yourself to get really frustrated. I've got two questions left for you because I could talk to you all day. I can already tell. (laughs) Um, And I I say this all the time and I mentioned to you, you know, how are you? And I'm like, I'm really being stretched (laughs) But I did say to the universe, the thing for my 2023 is to stretch myself. I have some big audacious goals. You said before, uh, you can tell I'm, I'm all about growth and I'm, I'm stretching myself every single day and it's coming at me from every direction. Um, do you have a theme that you had that you set yourself for 2023 and have you, I guess, reflected on that each and every day that you're on track, I guess? Yeah, one of the big ones to me actually is filming a course with Success Magazine. So I'm a speaker as part of the Success Magazine Speakers Bureau, which is very cool. So, uh, you know, as someone who used to read the magazine, that's why I meant that it was very cool to now be um, very closely involved with Success Magazine and all the different things that they do. So uh, this week, actually, it's been a, a brutal week in terms of filming all this stuff uh, for the course, but I'm so excited for the, the content. It's basically been six months of preparation to do this. So I've got this success. Uh, it's called the win the day accelerator. So I've got that launching, um, later this year, uh, as well as a whole bunch of, of, of other things. Um, there's, I want to get back on stage to do more and more speaking. A lot of that slow during COVID or with yeah. just situations that I just couldn't do having, um, having the two young kids. So, um, they're all the, they're all the things that I'm really focused on now is for, cause it was only last year after the crazy year that I had, I was involved in so many different businesses and spread very thin. And that's why it's so interesting for me to reflect on my journal entries from last year because I can see where my head's at and where my my energy was being allocated to that I actually removed myself from every business thing that I was involved in and deliberately didn't get involved in anything. And I allowed myself just to create a bit of space to find out what it is that I wanted to do. And one of the prerequisites of that was that I wanted to do something for the rest of my life and be the best in the world at it. I don't want to chop and change and go through to a whole bunch of different businesses and industries. What's one thing that I could do forever? And that to me all came back to the win the day thing, which I've had now for about four years, but I've never had a simplified, concentrated effort on what that looks like. And the moment I simplified it and created space and concentrated on all that, everything exploded out of control. So that was a really big um, lesson for me. So I think for anyone who really feels like they're in the thick of it, their brain is very, very cluttered, create a bit of space for yourself and simplify 
and put in that concentrated effort and you will be astounded at how quickly the results come. You literally just just worded what my mentor said to me when it comes to simplifying things, um, which thank you for that. Um, I have to ask, because my dream is to be a speaker. Um, You know, I really truly feel in my heart and soul that I'll be on stage around the world doing that. And I know you just mentioned that. So that just resonates with me so much. You know, this is now I'm being selfish, guys. Sorry for listening. What (laughs) What would be the advice you'd give to myself when it comes to really embarking on the speaker's journey and doing events and putting yourself out there? Get on any stage you can. That's that's really it. Uh, and most people are trying to focus on um, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? What am I going to get? Think about what you're actually going to give to these event organizers. So they want bums on seats. What can you do to give them bums on seats at their events? They want amazing content. What can you do to give them great content? And we are in a digital world, which means that if you have a powerful message, it's just impossible for it not to go viral. So instead of trying to do a million different keynotes, focus on making it your radio hit. Like any band that becomes very, very successful, they have their radio hit that becomes a a global phenomenon and they can release a whole bunch of albums on the back of that. So doing one really powerful keynote and getting known for one really great message while you're taking um, stage in any opportunity you can, getting testimonials from those places that that you have been on and just making it clear to the universe that you want to speak on more stages. So, and putting it as part of a comprehensive goal system or success plan so whenever you're in a situation with someone who says how can i help you you can say look well i want to get on stage to speak to as many people as i can because of the value that you're providing the person you're talking to do you know of anyone who can help that is how all of that stuff will will open up Um, there are a lot of people you know pretty much everyone is focused on trying to get on the stage now so it can be it can be difficult Um, and even people get down when they say look i've only got 50 downloads on a podcast episode but that's basically you talking to a room in front of 50 people which i think is a pretty awesome experience at the same time and i think it just goes back to what you said before james you know it's about reflecting on where you started and where you are now and you know that I speak to a lot of people who have started in the event space. I've had James Smith on my podcast and he mm. had 12 people at, on his, at his first event and now he's getting, you know, sold out events. So mm. I think it's coming back to that relationship and giving value and the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. So I really appreciate you saying that to me so much. Absolutely. And on James too, like he is a thought leader, not a thought follower. Everyone thinks they're going to usurp the real thought leaders by doing a discounted version of what they're doing. You need to be your original voice. That's how you become a real thought leader. And James has done a really great job of that. As have you, my friend. So it's literally (laughs) like my, my, my mind, my soul, everything feels so beautiful today. And I always finish with this one question because it's it's powerful and I know you have so many amazing golden nuggets. But if you were to give that one key to the listeners, that one key of advice that will give them access to their queendom or kingdom, what would that key be? Can I give you two? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be annoying. Uh, the first one would be each day, if you do not make the decision to win, you have automatically made the decision to lose. So that's very, very, very important. And the second one was how you respond to adversity when it inevitably strikes is what separates ordinary people from extraordinary achievers. Those two things changed my life. You're the only one that had two, so I really <laughs> you know Don't that cut I- this before it goes to air. <laughs> James, thank you so much for being on Keys to the Queendom. Where can everyone find you? And is there anything that you'd like to plug to finish it off? 
Oh, not at all. You know, I want to plug all the stuff that you're doing, Tam. Go and support all the amazing things that she has uh, available for you. If anyone wants to uh, connect with me, just go and look up James Whitaker or, or Win the Day on, on the different platforms and, and say hi. Thank you so much, James. And we are back for another episode next week with Keys to the Queendom, Kings and Queens. I'm your host, Tamara Meyer. Thank you so much, James. Thanks for having me.